0: I am Dr. Drew, and this is Dr. Drew After Dark. Please be advised that Dr. Drew After Dark may contain sexually oriented content and be unsuitable for young children. Hey everybody, welcome to Dr. After Dark. As always, we appreciate all your support. We appreciate the emails at drdrewafterdark@gmail.com, at gmail.com and of course the voice messages at 818-253-1693. They've been really spot on lately, and I, I appreciate it, and I do my best to answer them as best we can. And uh, do support the people that support the show. Uh, don't forget, check out com. Got a bunch of stuff over there I'd be interested in you guys looking at, including the Opium Series. And um, what else? Did I get everything, uh, Nadav? Yeah. Okay. Let's just get right onto it. Uh, let's get on with Joe List. Uh, Joe, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having and me. Before the mic's heated up, you're just telling me you live in New York. I do. I'm in Astoria, Queens, New York, and I'm here just for this. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for coming by. A lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I feel fine. You should be. You should be fine. Um, so, do you grow up out there? I didn't. I grew up in Massachusetts. I'm We're... from
1: Whitman, Massachusetts. Whitman. which is South of Boston, about 40 minutes south of Boston. It's, huh. a, it's the birthplace of the chocolate chip cookie, which sounds like a thing that you'd be like, eh, I'm going to Google that. But I swear
0: you and can when, find it. When was it um, invented?
1: Uh, I don't have any. Oh, I can see the Google machine uh, yeah, going. It's already going. Oh, jeez. Yeah. This is going to suck. I've been telling people this for 20 years, so I'm going to be really bummed. There it is. Look at that. Toll House, 1938, S- Sue
0: Chef Bridges. Sue Brides? Oh, Brides. I said yeah, Bridges. In eight, 1938. That seems like relatively recent. You know what I mean? Really, it does. I thought you were going to tell me it was like, you know, the 17th century or something.
1: I feel really proud of myself for not throwing a number out there because
0: it would have been like 1684. Been yeah, that's what it sound more sense to me. I like that there was Nestle's sugar uh, chocolate chip that she put in the first one. Yeah, I feel like they huh. paid to get into that
1: Wikipedia. Yeah, it sounds
0: a little bit... Uh... It's, and it's Re- Chef Ruth Graves Wakefield. So, Whitfield is sort of where the Cape takes off sort of thing? Is that? No. Well, it's funny. In, in
1: Massachusetts, everyone says shore, the north shore, the south shore. But I didn't realize this till like two years ago. Whitman is actually like 45 minutes from any beach. They just, anything south of Boston, we just call the shore. But it's yeah. not the shore. It's like, it's like a good, I don't know, mileage by no
0: time. It's like, I, I, it's like a 35-minute I lived minute there ride. for a while myself. And I, I get confused by that geography. They, you go south, you get to Quincy, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then you're south of that. Yeah. So yeah.
1: it's like Quin- Weymouth, Quincy, Braintree, Weymouth. Okay. Uh, so John
0: Adams old territory.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm down. I'm down there. About, like I said, 40 minutes south of Boston, mm-hmm. right next to Brockton, the city of champions. Oh, yeah. Did you go to school in
0: Massachusetts too? Or?
1: I, di- I didn't go to college. I went to high school there mm. and then jumped right into showbiz. Into comedy. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> uh, how did that happen? I just wanted to do comedy. I always wanted to do comedy and um, I hated school and the structure of school and I felt like I never heard of any comedian being like he got really good at uh, Boston College or right anything, you know it just seemed right. like you can just start doing comedy where did you do it at first this place called Chops Lounge which is no longer there it was a Howard Johnson's Hotel right next to Fenway Park and it was like to this day, like the truest open mic I'd huh. ever seen. Like, huh. it, it was like homeless people and drug street people. Would oh, just how <laughs> would just get it was fun. It was awesome. Yeah. And there was some com- and then some you. real comics. And then yeah, yeah. There was a few real comics that went on to do stuff. And then there was a few, like, kind of burnout, hanging on comics. And then there was just legitimately crazy people. Oh, how fun. And then uh, I went up and did my first set. And it, like, went well, I thought. It's one of those things where like you always, in, your, in my mind, I've always been good. But if I heard the comedy from then, I'd be like, this is dog shit.
0: Right. You and know? how old are you at that point? 18. And are your, your family's still together? Your, your parents? Yeah, parents are still together. They still are in Whitman. Do, yeah. do you have brothers and sisters? I have one older sister, yeah. And what was your
1: family life like growing up? I thought it was ideal and picturesque, but now I've been in therapy for a couple of years and he's telling me that I was incorrect about that. What was the problem? Um, I don't, I think just a lot of anxiety. They're good. I was never hit or beaten or, uh, you know, left or whatever. So in your mind, well, this is like a dangerous thing I've found. Sure. Is that you think, well, I must be crazy because I had such a perfect life. But then you kind of get in there and there's little things, subtle things that you're like, oh, I guess that's weird. Like what? Um... I don't know. Just a lot of... Well, my parents are going to listen to this, so I'm terrified they're going to hear this okay. and be we like... Don't
0: want, we don't want to hurt them with I it. I don't want but, to confront but, my but parents. They, were they anxious people?
1: My mother is extremely anxious. My dad okay. is very, very quiet, yeah. kind of a Boston Irish Catholic. Yeah. Very uh, quiet, not a, not a lot. Very quiet. How old is he? I've, I'm closer to you now than okay. I am
0: nice. <laughs> my dad. Let me get this right. You, dad's quiet? Yeah, yeah he's dad's very quiet. That's what I'm saying. What I'm trying to say is he doesn't talk a lot. A lot of the... Guys that go down as quiet sometimes have PTSD, like they were in Vietnam or they were in Second World War. No, I don't Nothing think like so. No, no, I mean, okay. I, I think
1: his parents were like that, very similar to that, learned Tass- behavior, taciturn. Yeah, um, but he's sixty-two. He was born in fifty-seven. So, is there an 60. ethnicity here? Is there a certain culture or anything? Or? I think my father's Irish, Irish descent, <laughs> Irish Catholic, and my mother's
0: side is Campbell, Scottish, Scottish and Irish, and the Irish virus anywhere. Uh, what's the irish virus my alcoholism
1: oh oh yeah yeah i'm recovering <laughs> no. oh there's that okay. um, yeah i'm seven years so about six and a half years so i mean scottish
0: yeah. Irish are pretty good boom boom yeah, yeah genetics of alcoholism
1: yeah exactly so um yeah we it's a hard drinking family for sure that that was definitely a thing of that was my idea of um normal fun is when we're yeah. drinking and everything else is miserable and then when we're drinking it's fun
0: and, and have, having alcoholic
1: parents are, are they both alcoholic I wouldn't say they're alcohol. It's not of my 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 responsibility, but they're heavy drinker. I don't. I I wouldn't. Somebody has. Somebody has.
0: Somebody has the gene. Somebody gave you the gene, right? And and so being around people with that gene can be traumatic for a kid. That's all I'm saying. Um. Yeah. I suppose.
1: I suppose so. But, yeah. Like I said, I never. They never came home drunk. Were slurring and throwing me through the bushes or whatever. Right. Um. Even though I'm into that. Wouldn't Uh, (laughs) Wouldn't they fight together? not really my parents never fought but that's part of it too i think there was never i don't think anything ever got um resolved or confrontation right right so a lot of um covering repressed, up, uh yeah, drinking it up anger or whatever and so when did you start drinking i started drinking when i was 18 which is pretty late yeah i feel like what's um, the matter with you uh well i thought like i was like i don't want to be a, a drinker I, I was afraid i was i'm so anxious of everything i was scared to start drinking because mm, you figured you had the gene i think yeah, i think i was gonna be wild or it yeah. felt a lot of control or it also seemed like i was like i gotta focus on whatever and when did you lose control um i would say pretty quick i mean i felt one- you kind of have that thing of like oh wait a minute everything's perfect now i had this, that kind of drinking. yes exactly yeah. exactly and i was like i've never felt so good and uh so smart and so funny i feel like i belong now would you perform drinking yeah, at first I wouldn't. At first I kind of tried to have this conviction of like I don't drink before a show, and that was like that lasted, you know, maybe a year. I don't know. And I was like, I'll have a couple beers, and then it got to like, oh, I'll drink during the show. Sure, of course. And so that became part of it.
0: And, and when did you get you got, did you get hooked on comedy that first sta- uh, open mic? Yeah, I knew
1: it was all I wanted to be. It's How? all the, the only thing I ever wanted to do. What did you see? What did, what hooked you? I think when I was a kid, like it it always sounds so like uh, trite or contrived. I don't know what either one of those words mean, but it feels like it fits into this. But people are always like, I saw, you know, Richard Pryor and I knew. But that is how I felt. Like I watched like a Carlin special when I was like eight. My Uncle Dale showed like an HBO special. And I remember just being like, this is amazing. And then trying to do the bits around... And the idea of like... memorize
0: them and repeat them to everybody? And,
1: yeah, yeah. Like I remember doing rat shit, fat shit, dirty old twat like in third grade. But what Can I say that on the podcast? Yes, you can. What, okay, is, what was that? What? That was a George Carlin um, like poem. It was rat shit, fat shit, dirty old twat, 69 assholes tied in a knot. Hooray, <laughs> lizard shit, fuck. That was like his poem, so which what, isn't that great looking back. So what was your third grade teacher's name? Uh, Mrs. Thompson. And what did she think of it? I don't think she heard it. I would just do it kind of quietly I in my see. group or whatever. Um, but I remember the idea of like having something to say seemed interesting to me. Well, you probably got a lot of credit in third, fourth grade with that kind of poem. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah. I killed. I mean, I was killing, um, the third grade schoolyard. It might be the best bit I've ever done, to be honest. Um, but no, I remember it being like thinking, like, and then it, I was like a young kid during the eighties, late eighties, early nineties, kind of boom. It was on A and E VH one. And I remember watching uh, like VH one spotlight before school. Hmm and i was just like obsessed with it it seemed like um the coolest and and the whole while thinking
0: i got to finish high school so i go do this
1: yeah looking back i regret it because i was like as soon as i finish high school i'll start doing comedy but looking back i could have totally been doing comedy in high school Hmm. um but i always tell people that want to do comedy just start because no matter when you start you always regret not starting earlier oh is that right that's interesting yeah even i started when i was 18 i'm still like ah if i started when i was 14 i'd be (laughs) you know.
0: You started, back. you started in third grade. Why don't you give yourself that? That's a good point. I mean, I was a thief, but <laughs> all um, right. I ditched that. It's not like, anymore. I'm not expecting eight-year-olds to come up with new material.
1: No, but I do remember trying to come up with material when I was like really young and being like, I don't know how this would work. Because I thought, my thought was, I'd like to do comedy, but only adults watch comedy. So, I don't uh-huh. know how I'm going to come up with material that adults are going to like. Uh-huh. Not suspecting that I could just do the t- the one t- one t- my friends, yeah yeah <laughs> so I thought and I'll
0: just take this guy no one seems to pay attention to George Carlin I can steal some of his stuff yeah, no, no one, one will, likes him no one will notice <laughs> that's really funny and and so the alcohol gets going you're 18 when did it lose control uh it's hard to say like I mean I was dr- I always knew I was drinking
1: harder than you can sustain but at that point when you're 20 21 22 everyone's kind of it feels like everyone's kind of drinking
0: hard everyone's doing shots when you had that oh my god this is the answer feeling did did you know "Eh, maybe there's something to that that i'll have to deal with someday
1: no i don't know not right away but it was definitely for years there was maybe i was like 25 but it was probably five or six years where i was like this is not how you i can't sustain like this especially in comedy because you're always out at bars yada yada and so it was definitely a thing of like, someday I'll have to stop doing this, okay. but not today. And was there a bottom? I think there was like a couple and then I just kind of hung out down there. Um, one is, uh, and I told this story recently, I, I shit in a girl's shoe and on her floor and urinated on the floor too. In- intentionally? No, no. In like a blackout drunk.
0: And it was like a first... Like her shoe was the toilet. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I, I believe. I mean, it's hard to tell but my my belief is that the the toilet... everybody
0: does the picking up the trash can and peeing in and that or the or the the record the turntable yeah yeah the dust cover yeah everyone does that that's that shitting in the shoe i want i want to hand you full credit
1: i appreciate it i think i've got most of it in there Ugh. and then uh some of it missed because you know
0: it's a small it's a lady shoe so it's not did you did you do your mom's house I have not, no. They, uh, Christina's going to love this story. Oh, great. You're going to be her favorite person. All right, I can't wait. Appreciate yeah. it. Put she in a good the, word. She, I'd like to do. she likes the brown. And so, <laughs> and, and so you, you, with a shoe, and then what happened? So that was like, I definitely remember thinking, I had a flight. How, to... how, did, how did she do with all that?
1: surprisingly she was like 23 years old so she surprisingly took it pretty well i sent some money and a really long extremely long heartfelt apology did you wake up in the morning and there was a pile of shit in the, in the yeah room? yeah and i also did had you, fallen through her kitchen her living room table no like do, kind no of, dog to blame or anything no i thought uh, that might be could a job but did you go out and find a dog and like let it in no, well God damn it no dog would behave that way that was that was <laughs> the problem so, uh, I remember I had a flight to Seattle, Washington, and I was going there for a month. Oof. And then my flight was in like 40 minutes. Oh. So, I missed the flight. And I remember like I missed the flight. I shit in the house. And um, I remember thinking like I should kill myself. And then uh, I ended up drinking that night because I was like, wow, well, I'm not going to just quit forever. So, I'm, I'm going to drink again at some point. So, I kept drinking that night. But that was definitely a low. Some people,
0: when they get to those those moments, the alcohol saves them.
1: Um. Yeah, I suppose so.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess maybe that maybe it did for me. I, I remember just, I'll um, have some beers. Ferguson, Craig Ferguson, told me he he had a whole plan to uh, jump off the Tower Bridge, and uh, he was on his. He had done something like that. Where he'd peed all over the place and the, the usual alcoholic right. thing, maneuver, and um, he was on his way to. He, he was going to do a very dramatic suicide and as he was coming downstairs with shit all over him and stuff the guy the bartender was closed up and said come on Craig, let's have one more drink come on one more drink got wasted forgot about the suicide oh that's that, nice yeah. see so
1: yeah i didn't i didn't have i never like got to like the uh, practical about how am i going to commit suicide it was just that feeling of like yeah. i probably should die mm. and then like a couple of years later i got herpes which was a bummer that was like a low point too Did i thought i tried to get sober after that drinking also yeah i was drinking and then like i was just like you know i was dealing with that and there's a lot of shame in that mm. and um i tried to quit then and then i went like a few days then but then i would smoke weed and i'd be like well i'm just out of my mind so i might as well just drink if i'm gonna be high right
0: th- then that's kind of true right i mean you're not you're not sober
1: yeah there are people that will be like yeah i'm sober and then they're smoking weed all day and i'm like well, that's it, not
0: sober that's not sober yeah that's smoking weed all day
1: yeah exactly yeah. so um there was a few of those and it was just a long time being like i got at some point i have to do this and then also my career was kind of nowhere and i couldn't seem to make a living and no money all, all those
0: things and and then when you got sober did things. Start to move?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, almost everything, all the successes I've had have come in sobriety. It's weird, isn't it? How
0: much, how much things go. Whew.
1: Yeah, yeah. You can, it's, yeah, you definitely have more time and... Um, focus. Energy, yeah, yeah. focus, for but sure. But
0: even sometimes, it, it, I, it's uncanny sometimes what how people just, whoosh, they just blossom all of a sudden. But...
1: Yeah, well, you kind of have like a new, it was like starting a, a new life, not to be too dramatic, but it like it was like a sequel to life. And I didn't, because I didn't start drinking till i was 18 i had already had great fun and had success as a, you know relative success as a teenage mm-hmm. by success i mean like i had friends and enjoyed my life and did things were, so you, I was were like, you traveling
0: I a bunch as a young adult
1: um uh, not in my like not as a before i started doing comedy but almost immediately once i started i started working the road and stuff was
0: that hard at that, that age
1: um, was it fun? I, I loved it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was exciting. Now it's starting to get hard after yeah. 18 years. I'm, Are you in a relationship now? or I'm married. Yeah, yeah. Married. Is, is that the hard part? You keep your, do you have kids or anything? No, no kids, but my wife is a comedian. So we're on the road together a lot, okay. which is nice. But it's also you kind of want to, the feeling of home is nice. Yeah. A R- little bit of routine, a gym and a, a kitchen. And, and Queens is home now. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you end up there? I wanted, I, so I started in Boston. I was doing comedy for like seven years there. And then it was like, all right, I got to move to New York. That's what you do next. And I knew some comics that lived in Astoria. Yeah. So yeah. me and my friend just drove to Astoria. Do you and perform then,
0: regularly in the, on, uh, on Manhattan or?
1: Yeah, yeah. All the Where? The Comedy Cellar is the most. Um, and then um, The Stand, which is closed right now, but reopening soon. It might be reopened by the time this comes out, actually. But, but anyways, comedy, There's
0: nothing quite like The Comedy Cellar. You're, no. you're like People are on top of you.
1: Yeah, it's a special place yeah. for sure. It means uh, so much to me. I love that place. Oh, is that right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a magical place. Last time I was there, there was that uh, I forget his name, the guy comedic that the African American guy with the had a stroke. Uh, uh, oh, Keith Robinson. Keith Robinson. Yeah, he's yeah. still great. I, he was great. I'm gonna get shit for the one second that it, I couldn't think of who you were talking really? about. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah wow. I just admired him so much for doing it and then performing so well. It's like, wow. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. He's amazing. He's the funniest yeah. guy. Yeah. He's great. So, all right. So so you are you get the, uh, several bottoms. You get sober. You've been sober straight through or do you have a little... A little this this Hot one off. this one has been
1: six and a half years straight. Oh, but I tried a couple times before. Right. And I had a few days. six right. days, twelve days.
0: so that's oh. that's the thing that people miss it, it's It's rarely. I'm sober and I stay sober. That's yeah, rare. Yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah. Uh, it's, it's I get sober, I try, I get sober, I try. I try I st- then then I do the steps. Then I get a sponsor. Then I'm doing it seriously. And yeah, for even sure. Even then people struggle a little bit. And then finally it happens.
1: Yeah, relapse is definitely a de- big part of it. Yeah. But
0: I went um, like six
1: days. This is a funny story that I tell often. But I went like six days and I was doing it the right way and the whole thing. And I got excited and I was like, my friend was at right, Coyote Ugly, that, you know, the bar in the East Village where they dance on the thing. And I was like, I'm going to go meet my friends down there. And uh, I was like, I'll have a, a Coke, please. And they cut the music and the lady got on the microphone. She goes, we got a faggot in the oh. house. <laughs> and I went, uh, oh, I have a shot and a beer. And then I went back out for, you know, oh, two years no. or something like that. I so if that. you're counting you days. rest that woman. Yeah, Jesus. if you're counting days, don't go to a Coyote Ugly. Yeah, my God. But, I mean, that, that's also like, that's on me for being like, I'll just go to the shot bar. Yeah. I got I a hold it. of it. It's still, I mean, man um That's i don't condone right. the language
0: by the way uh. i've
1: tried to tell the story i've tried to change the word but it doesn't
0: have the the impact yeah yeah so i gotta it strike the ear quite the same way yeah exactly
1: uh, uh. i'm like mark twain i'm just you know painting just, a picture just using the language of the day <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs>
0: the, the, uh... all right so um so the herpes got you down do we know for sure you have that diagnosis because that a lot of people think they would have it, and don't, and then a lot of people have it, and don't know it. This, I, uh, I think it's. I think that's what I have. I mean, it okay. flares up occasionally. Yeah, I take well, Valtrex, it. that yeah, helps. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's it. Although my wife has never gotten it, so well, maybe see, that's what's peculiar. huh? Yeah. Well, maybe she. Maybe she may have it and not know it. Yeah, it just hasn't, you know, burst it out of there. Right. Yeah. Which it's a it's a weird illness that way. Do do you go take efforts to protect her from it? Uh, we. No is the short answer Yeah just the Valtrex
1: uh, we, I'll take Val. We don't have sex If I'm having an outbreak Or whatever yeah. And then if I feel anything I'll take some Valtrex But I can't
0: afford To just be taking hey, Valtrex hey, All the time so. Right so, Which is the other thing We got to get you Some health insurance Why don't you sign up For Obamacare It's, not, it's no big deal
1: Well I didn't I'm I'm a I'm a,
0: I'm a piece of shit I can't I don't You can save things. yourself A lot of money But it's still I feel like insurance Is still like 600 bucks A month I think it depends what your income is you, you, It might be that But the, you're, you're sort Head down a path where you're going to spend a bit more than that. It sounds like with your reflux and stuff you were telling me before the show.
1: Yeah, well, it was going great. I wasn't spending any money. I felt like a hero. I'm like these, <laughs> these people are idiots out here. And then now I'm 37. I'm starting to. But I've changed my... I had a, a pretty horrific
0: diet. Yeah, reflux, number one, is change the diet. Yes. Then they put you on some Pepsid or Prilosec or something. Prilosec, both things, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, let's see, keep your pillow, your head elevated when you sleep.
1: Yeah, I tried to do hard. that. It's taken a lot of time, but I'm starting to go the right direction now. But here's what I did. Here's how I got in trouble. So when you quit drinking, they say kind of 90 days, just do whatever you got to do. Just don't drink. Yeah. So eat, drink. So I was drinking Cokes and Burger King, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just never... Never stopped. Curb that. <laughs> yeah. And I was doing that also before. So, it was like 37 straight years of eating uh, exclusively fast food, pasta,
0: marinara. But really, it's sauce. it's coffee, it's carbonated drinks, it's spicy stuff, it's that stuff.
1: Yeah, I drink about four Cokes a day yeah, and, and Chipotle about four or five times uh, a week. You can't do that Extra anymore. hot sauce. No good. So, now I'm out with that. Yeah. I'm eating a lot of grilled chicken and potatoes good and yeah
0: we started eating oatmeal out there
1: and oatmeal and greens and i now i just met this other doctor i started seeing dr aviv who i heard was a celebrity doctor but you would never heard of this guy he's so. in the east though
0: yeah okay so we all
1: hear the ones out here all right well he's a he's a big doctor and his thing is avoiding all of those things yeah. and then eating a pound of vegetables and half a pound of fruit a day is like this diet that i've been trying to do which seems like a healthy diet in general. and they,
0: then they have to do an upper endoscopy on you yet. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. Now, why did you bring that up? Because it's, it's scaring the hell out of me. I thought I was doing all right. You are doing all right. Where have I said
0: that you're not? Well, having to go to a GL, what could that be? What? Oh, you have to, well, okay. Uh, you've 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 been working on the reflux, but the question is, A, is there something causing the reflux? Is there a stricture in the esophagus? Do you have a or something? There's all kinds of peculiar little things you can get. And then there's something. <laughs> I, then, I should have mentioned my anxiety and panic. I, I, I'm going to see if I can bring it on. All right, great. And, and uh, and then there is something called Barrett's esophagus that yeah, if I'm you have, yeah. you want to know you have Barrett's. And then you want to know if there is something going on in the stomach too. Is there gastritis as part of this whole thing? And it just, you know, you just want to document this, the anatomy and then the, the, the pathology and the lining of the gut.
1: Right. And so, I am uh, doing that. I am going to go do that. But, so the, but I feel like if I had an ulcer or Barrett's, maybe not, I have no heartburn or stomach pain whatsoever. What I am taking have? great big Oh, it all shits. presented with your voice? Yeah, so uh, what's ironic is the thing that started me worrying about it has nothing to do with. I I had this um, this white bump that turns out is like a saliva gland or something mm-hmm. that fills occasionally. So I thought that was cancer. So I went there and he's like, oh, you have reflux. But it's it was all very post-nasal drip. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, you might have super... some of that too.
0: Both get on your cords and stuff.
1: Yeah, so it's super itchy and all like dry and like um, mo- mostly a post-nasally drip thing. And then I started having breathing issues, but just recently I got diagnosed by Dr. Aviv with uh, paradoxical vocal cord movement, mm-hmm. which is brought on by anxiety, which I have a plethora of.
0: And did he reflex. put a, a thing down and look at the paradoxical movement?
1: Yeah, I've done three of those in like those 10 fun. days. So it's like
0: a metal for you guys. It's a metal rod that they stick in the back of your throat. And, and through your nose. So it's like having... Oh, you had the flex one through your nose. Yeah, right. yeah. Oh, I've okay. done
1: three of those. So it's kind of like when you have water in your nose, but instead of water, it's a it's, camera. It's a tube. Yeah, yeah. So, but he showed me the video and he's like, you can see your vocal cords are just closed when they're supposed to be open. Mm which causes more anxiety which causes more reflux which causes more so i think my main issue is anxiety i would agree um so i'm trying to curb that but it's a stressful business it's a stressful life yep and you know climate change and all that horse shit too Uh, don't worry about the world just worry about your reflux all right i appreciate that okay but i'm trying to do better. i'm eating better and i'm trying to relax and uh, all right i hate myself you hate yourself well i just like to throw that out there as a at the end just that's a, how i end a, my sentences just a general my paragraphs a general, general yeah yeah note. i hate myself yeah i try to beat everyone to writing you suck i just
0: go no no i, I hate i, my, I hate know. myself more than you hate me and, and your wife is she um out on the road a lot away from you or do you guys go together we go together a lot i mean i'm
1: i'm gone a lot and then we're together a lot how'd you guys so meet? we met just through comedy we have no good meeting story she remembers meeting me i don't remember meeting her i was drinking and she was it was just kind of like in comedy i guess in life maybe People just seem to be around. Yeah. You're like, that guy was just always around. She's a woman. I said that guy, but my wife's a woman. She said that about you. Yeah, yeah. She said, yeah, I was just a guy that was around and nice. And, you know, same with her. She's very nice. And did the the herpes thing interfere with the courtship? Yeah. So, well, this is what happened. So, I got herpes. This is when I was still drinking, of course. And there was like a big, uh, we made like a fake award show for comics in New York years ago. And I won an award for shitting in a girl's shoe. And, uh, I, I, would, I wish I could have handed you that award. It was, a, it was nice. And so I gave a speech. I thought it would be funny. It was like every comic was there. And I thought this was going to be hilarious. So I was like, this has been a weird year. I pretended to be like giving like an Oscar speech. I was like, I want to thank God. I had a tough year. I got herpes. I mean, riddled with herpes. And I thought I'd get like a laugh, but nobody laughed. Everyone just kind of stared at me. Oh. And then I came off stage and my wife was like, I think it's great that you talked about that. I think people should be open. And I was like, oh, I read you. You got herpes. I thought she had herpes. That's why she was saying that. And it turns out she's just a nice person who was trying to make me feel better. And so I was like, I'll pursue her because she has herpes. And I also thought she was attractive and liked her and we were friends. And But she was um, nervous about getting into a relationship for a while. I was very persistent. But it turns out she was nervous because A, I had herpes and B, I had just...
0: Recently, shit in a woman's shoe, which is both big turn on, yeah, yeah, a little bit of a just kind of like let's see how this plays out,
1: yeah. And she was already sober; she's ten years sober, so she she was out in front of me on that one. So that's nice. But she, you know, realized, you know, I'll I'll give him a shot. He's a nice guy. So and and you were not sober yet. No, we dated for about a year and a half
0: when I was still drinking. Did her? Did she motivate you to get sober?
1: She didn't put any pressure or bring it up at all. But she was sober. And I had a lot of friends because I'm a comic, I had a lot of friends that were sober, so it was easy to see that like these people seem to be managing their lives better than I am. Interesting. So that was not. And I, I even I remember the like the day before I finally quit. I had like a list of people. I'm like these are all
0: people that are sober that I could
1: hang out with, and she was. You yeah, know, one of them because you Were
0: you afraid the party was going to be over and you weren't going to be funny and all kind of
1: yeah, well, useful stuff? I had a story. I was talking to a friend of mine when it happened. I was like, but what, what happens when I go to Ireland? And he's like, when are you going to Ireland? And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. He's like, what? He's like, why don't you worry about Ireland when you have a ticket to Ireland? And then since, by the way, I've been to Ireland four times and, oh, well, interesting. and not drank at all. But you start going. What if? What, what when I turn
0: thirty? What about my? Now you said the herpes was sort of your bottom, but you keep drink, drinking quite a while after that, and you got a relationship going. So yeah, you got over that pretty quick. Yeah, but I still felt uh, shame every time I had that outbreak or whatever. And you decided to be open
1: about it. How was? How did? Was that the moment you were open about it? I was that? open about it pretty quick after because I was pretty good at. I'm. This is. I'm good at accepting things once I have a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Once someone, if someone I, I'm like, surprised there's still so much stigma around herpes. I think so too. I mean it's, it's like it's a little it's a skin rash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I I had sex with my wife was the third, but two women before I started dating my wife when I had herpes and one of them we were in bed, we were fooling around making out and I was like I got to tell you I have herpes and she was like, "Oh, gross. That's terrible. You fucking this whole thing and i was like well you're one step away from having it. like you're me <laughs> right. not being considerate away from getting it right. what you're doing is how you get it so you right. shouldn't be that judgmental <laughs> and uh the other so we ended up not having sex obviously and then the other one she was great I was like, I have herpes. And she said, well, it's, that's not ideal. <laughs> and then we thought, so that was nice. And you proceeded? Or you... Yeah, yeah. We proceeded with a condom, of course. Yeah. And my wife and I had sex with a condom for like three years. And then eventually I was like, listen, we're married. I would really prefer to And then she still didn't get it? Not have sex Seemingly. with Seemingly. Yeah, she doesn't have it. Or if she had, like I said, it might be it's dormant. So mild or whatever. or whatever, yeah. Yeah, and she's a healthy person, so maybe it's and it, it is. Dormant. it can be
0: very mild in some people, but they don't even you
1: know yeah occasionally she'll be like oh my vagina is itchy and I'm like oh maybe that's syrupes or yeah uh, could be. Know, whatever
0: I just well, wanted to let you know my wife has an
1: itchy vagina occasionally well, thank you for sharing that I think that's important uh, for people to know. here's
0: a here's a email to the same question it seems like uh thank you for doing this podcast I'll get straight to it I recently learned that I've contracted HSV one from a one night stand I absolutely devastated I really have a hard time dealing I'm single 30 since I found out I find myself avoiding any connection with a female due to shame I would greatly appreciate all your advice, both on how to move forward with potential relationships. That's how old I was. Well, 30. I was 28. But So, advice, what
1: do you tell them? I, I get these messages a lot, and uh, I always respond, because I I know the feeling. But it sucks, but I think, first of all, the key to everything in life is acceptance. Um, I'm working on that, <laughs> obviously, and, I have a lot of anxiety. And, and
0: honesty. Yeah.
1: yeah, so once you have it, you can't not have it. So right. it, it, the, the sooner you start going, all right, I have this thing, but with, if you can take, if you take Valtrex every day, um, I don't know that you would almost never have a outbreak because right. I don't it, take it. A,
0: reduces transmissibility by like 96%.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I've been having sex with my wife for years. Not that I say go out there and have unprotected sex, but it's been fine. I get it occasionally with Valtrex is a pretty amazing drug. Like as soon as I feel anything, I can feel like a itch or like a, oh, I can tell and I take it and it's just gone. Gone. Um, and uh yeah it happens and like i think like 25 percent of society has it and once yeah. you have it you can't get it so you don't have to worry about getting herpes well, again that's another go. nice thing
0: there you go yeah that that's the part it's so common and yet there's it's so stigmatized yeah it's very strange uh love the show thank you uh to ymh i've introduced uh, the podcast um i've struggled with depression and anxiety for years i always put my own physical and mental health on the back burner from listening to these podcasts this the stress know that where we stress the benefits of therapy i've decided to go full throttle i feel overwhelming looking online at all the different types of therapy also i don't necessarily understand the t- difference between therapists psychologists counselors i'm 27 year old female no neuropathy issues i don't know why she's saying that where oh, should that's, i that's a ymh reference neuropathy yeah that's the four strokes guy uh he oh. so much meth, he's <laughs> like no neuropathy i, I issues. see okay coming for Strokes. where <laughs> should i start and trying to find a good fit can we try mm. keep your anus high and tight no prolapse yeah uh, we have interesting people that i I appreciate that. yeah that 's nice um, so uh sort of one way to approach this it depends what kind of resource you have, but the first thing sometimes to do is to see a psychiatrist and get a complete evaluation to get a proper diagnosis, and then get a referral from that psychiatrist for the type of therapist you need it's probably the best way to do these things because you're saying I have struggled anxiety and depression, but you know what kind and what you know what the context is and you know what kinds of treatments are likely to work. So you know somebody with an MD after the name who is a board-certified psychiatrist. You go, you get diagnosed, and then you say, "Now I want to do some psychotherapy. Whom would be good for this kind of uh, problem that I have?" I think that's the best way to do it. Mm. Let's take a voice message. Good morning, Doctor Julia. The backside of my scrotum has this tingling sensation that only kind of occurs when I'm nervous or uncomfortable. Lasts for a split second and then goes away. It's not uncomfortable or painful. It's just tingly. Is that something I should be concerned about?
1: No. God, this show is made for me. I got to start listening Can and calling. Can we ask you more stuff? I'm one of these what do you guys? Got? What do you want? I think that guy should read. Uh, now is this book? Shitty, or I think it's the most mind-blowing book I've ever read. Healing back pain, you know that book? Oh, by uh, Doctor uh, Santo, I think or uh, something like
0: that. Yeah, Sarno. Yeah, like Sarno. I completely agree with that book.
1: Yeah, completely. it's it's incredible, and it's a lot of that pins and needles comes from anxiety yeah. and suppressed anger and Correct. all that shit. Correct. it's Really blowing my mind. Yeah. It's everything that my therapist has been saying, but then you hear like a second source,
0: and you're like, all right. No, he's. It's a great book, and uh, it, it's not. 100% accurate, because there are some people that have tumors in the spine and things like that, other sort of extreme things where you've got to do stuff medically. Not me but, though, right? But the, not you. Thank but you. But the majority, ever. But the majority of people that end up taking opiates mm-hmm. should not have taken opiates. Right. And, the, and in my experience, majority of people get back operations should not have gotten back operations. Right. So that's my experience. Yeah, they should have taken whatever, Paxil or whatever the hell. Or, or, or just taking some long bike rides and get some therapy right. and you know. Do. Yes all right how about this tweet that i came upon uh in my meandering through twitter this is from t lamb what uh i'm convinced as <laughs> a woman i'm convinced guys poop on their balls when they go to the bathroom and uh, she tricks she she uh tags me and christina and tom let's get on the say on this case so why don't males if they particularly if they have the effects of full effect of gravity like you know some of these old men at the gym that have nuts that go down to good eight ten inches yeah i got a lengthy ball myself oh you do okay yeah yeah.
1: you ever shit on them no, I, I suspect what this lady is thinking is, because I've noticed this myself, my ball bag smells like shit, but it's not because there's shit
0: on it. It's just because it's a sweaty area and so it's compressed. You're, so when she's been in the vicinity, she's noticed that some, she thinks somebody probably shit on those balls.
1: I, think, I suspect that this mm. guy's not wiping his ass properly or mm. not showering his testicles properly. And then when she goes down there, she's well, let's, let's Let's
0: explore a little further. Do you ever hit uh, water? With my ball
1: bag? Yeah. No, no. But I think when I'm in the toilet, I'm usually cold or something. You I could think, though, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a long, it's a long bag. Right. And it, I'm worried because it, I heard it lowers
0: as you get older. I'm only 37. Oh, yeah. It's going down. Oh, boy. Yeah. We're going to have to deal with this. All right. But um, we need this woman on, we need, she needs to send us a video. Her name is at, What do you want the video to be? At on? the, we need to know who she is. At the Matisse Matislava? The Matislava. We just need to know who you are, because uh, that, this mind needs to be made sure it stays, gets put to good use and doesn't go to bad. Yeah, Drew, now you sent this to me, yeah. and you said, this is my new favorite thing. We have to talk about this on the show. Yes. What about this specifically did you like? Not, I just like... thought it was just so <laughs> thoughtful. First of all, that some, some woman is thinking about me and Tom and Christina and shit and balls. Mm-hmm. To me, that was just an extraordinary thing. And I thought I, I did think this brain could go be used for evil or good, and we need to make sure it gets used for good. Yeah, this. Yeah. I, I think she's incorrect. No. Yeah. I, yeah. I suspect. I think. I think it's more an issue of hitting water, toilet water. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. That yeah. would be more what is possible, right? And it's the rare. It's the rare. Uh, what should we say? Um, th- uh, a in talented individual that actually gets to do that. I mean Drew uh, just talented. a follow up question is this medically possible like is it possible for guys to it's, shit I'm on sure the people I'm sure it's paws? possible I mean look when when Joe was shitting in that shoe it's, anything could happen yeah that was i mean this was armageddon right i mean he, if he was swinging a little bit at the same time oh he definitely. definitely would have shit on his i'm ball. sure
1: i was swinging i doubt i yeah, was in like yeah. a, f-
0: a perfect right still position right you were falling and yeah were... it would have been a false start penalty if i was on the... joe is the perfect <laughs> perfect guest for us to bring this tweet up you see how that works i appreciate that i'm a 43 year old uh with a history of enjoying the ladies uh what the hell so i've never had a problem connecting with a woman the problem occurs when commitment comes into the picture I've been engaged twice and proceeding to sabotage both within a year. My parents were divorced when I was nine. Both of my parents had previous marriages and children. Yes, that's where your commitment phobia is coming from. And so what you do is, this is something, the very common thing, which is you get involved with somebody. You you either pursue somebody who's unavailable Mm -hmm. or you get involved with somebody who is available and you sabotage. Ah, interesting. And you make them leave you before you leave them. Oh, interesting. Or you leave them before they can leave you, rather. Uh, I have occasionally engaged in counseling, but not for extended periods. Yeah, it would take a while to... You have to really form a tight relationship with a therapist that you care about sufficiently that you can work through the abandonment. Right. And then then actually leave that person in a healthy way and go on with your life. Right. I love my therapist. Do you? What, what, what brought you in? Uh, anxiety, panic attacks, the whole thing. I had panic attacks. They're horrible.
1: Yeah, they're horrible. I've had a, multiple bouts, including recently. I've had them like when I was in my 20s and then right they're, they're a couple years ago. Not the now again. worst. No, it stinks.
0: <laughs> Do you guys know the, the peanut gallery what the panic attack is? Ever had a panic attack? Anybody? Uh, I have not. <sighs> Chris has. No, they're, they're pretty disabling. Yeah, it's unpleasant. Uh, as, uh, I was hoping you could answer my gym questions. I started lifting weights a few years ago, but I seemed to have plateaued. I feel like I'm not getting stronger. That's a, that's a bigger problem bigger longer question they, if you, they, they, check out Mark Bell stuff he's got some good ideas on how to, how to get more size uh, Robin from Colorado I'm a big fan 29 year old male I've been struggling with something the past several weeks when I go to bed at night my brain rebels against me stupid choice of words but I'm sure it fits I suddenly get hungry or thirsty or need to pee this is the anxiety thing yes I have this this is yeah. Anxiety. but instead of getting up to take care of it I just lay there and suffer sometimes I don't sleep at all I have had masses issues with suicide ideation molested age 7 to 11 you weren't blessed were you? I, not
1: that i know of no any, anything you any, i was not I was, I was not but i do feel like i'm like i must have something repressed i'm
0: such a right, mess right. and i keep diving in there i got nothing i have had a lot of progress cognitive behavioral therapy and emd i hope are but i'm worried this might be a new manifestation same issue yeah yeah this is anxiety and uh I don't know why it's flaring up right now, but you should go back to when your therapist and report all this. Let's go to another voice message. Hey, sir, uh, my name's Nick. Uh, right now, my girlfriend has a
1: cyst on her fur burger. Uh, it's been drained and excised twice at the gynecologist. They say it's unfortunately placed on her skin, and the only home remedy has been lots of wet heat and very hot baths but it seems reoccurring. And uh, right now it's about the size of a thumb and it's kind of getting in the way of me eating her fur burger. So uh-huh. if you could maybe give us some advice on how to get rid of this, it would be uh, very beneficial. We're not using condoms. We use lube often um, if that helps. But uh, she has
0: a IUD too, by the way. So oh, I, like, I like the way he... You- has to include things that he thinks are important. I also I also like I also like the way people are uncomfortable talking about certain body part anatomies so they will just force something offensive. Right. Something like incredible. like you could have just said, I you could have left that whole fur burger thing off. We would have been just fine.
1: I didn't know what he meant until he said it was like use it in a sentence. Yeah, until he yeah. said
0: eating the fur burger. I was like, oh
1: I guess I think I know can, what that means. Can you spell it? No can we use it in a sentence please? It, now is that the only issue is is she, I mean, are they having intercourse? It sounded like they are because he said
0: they're using a condom. And, okay, because it seems like you could just put that off for a while. Like, are you in yeah. that much need to? Well, this is the point. He's having, he's, he's in his, the medical problems are interfering with his, you know, his action here, so. Right. We have great callers. Uh, <laughs> and, and so he's talking about either a carbuncle, which is like a it's boil essentially. Okay. Or a Bartholin's gland cyst, which are pretty uncomfortable. And those are really around the vulva. And uh, you need to get it treated, dude. You let, let the thing hot compresses and antibiotics sometimes, and they have to lance them and re- drain them and all this stuff. There's more to be done. Don't screw around with that. Uh, one more voice message. How about that?
1: Hey, Dr. Drew. My name is Scott. I have a theory about uh, the force and the distance of cum shots because I know we've been talking about that a lot. Uh, and my theory is that it's related to your dick hole size. And I've had this theory for a long time. Uh, I know it's related to pee because, uh, you know, I've noticed I have kids and nephews and, you know, if they pee in the backyard, my son pees like a normal distance, but my nephew can pee like four feet, five feet, like he can pee really far. Then I talked to my brother in it's because he's got a real small dick hole. So we had a conversation about dick hole size and I started wondering if it's related to cum shot, strength, and distance because, you know, if you try to force a lot of liquid through through a small hole, it's going to shoot farther and have more pressure. So you know, I know, this is very scientific. So I was just calling to see, you know, how many papers have been published on this, and you know, what your take is on that. Uh, Go thanks, ahead, Joe. Bye. What do you have at that? Wow. I, first you, of all, you, I've never heard pee hole size mentioned ever. Not so many times in my life. I mean, I've never. It's never occurred to me. Yeah. And also to compare, like he's like he has a big or small pee hole. Yeah. To look at a child's penis is interesting. I, I'm using the word interesting. Uh, to look at the size, to make note of the
0: size is very bizarre. To yes, make. it's bizarre. And uh, I, I, I'm almost ready to report to Child Protective Services, but I <laughs> shall not. Um, uh, I know of no anything, any of data that suggests that's the issue. Uh, in fact, you might argue that a bigger bore, you know, if, if you're trying to get a lot of fluid out of a hose, uh-huh. I mean, a large volume of fluid, sure, you're going to have a larger bore Yeah, too, yeah. right? Now the distance you have some there's something to it on the distance, but that's again with a force coming behind a narrowing. Right, right, and the size of the the urethra is pretty much the same all the way down. So I would say has not, if if anything, not with small, and it's not something I really think about. And isn't that prostate related? The, the urine stream that, and then the seminal vesicles. People get this all screwed up. Prostate produces the semen fluid, right? Mm-hmm. Your testes are building the sperm that leak into the semen fluid. They sort of put them together in the seminal vesicles. There's, okay. a, there's a thing behind your prostate that is sort of a storehouse ah. where things accumulate and then come out. And I imagine if you have large volume of storehouse, you can produce a large volume of semen then. Right. That's all. So aren't you Aren't you glad you made a special trip out I'd here? I'd appreciate this? it. Yeah, I love semen. Do you have... Pff- <laughs> Do you have other uh, medical questions? I feel like you are like have lots of things you want to ask. I mean, I have so many. I, I, have, I have them all the time. But, Go ahead. Uh, so this this
1: gland on my mouth, like on the roof of my mouth, yes. there's like a ton of dots, like spots. They're uh-huh. like tiny, tiny pimples, I suppose. Yeah. That's normal? It's not normal. It's reflux. That On the roof of my mouth, though. Uh, that it's some, it's, it's the, some irritation, I think, yeah. That's what it feels like. And then one, every once in a while, randomly, will fill up. I have a bunch of photos of it. It looks like a pimple, and then it will go down. But I assume it's a duct filling with saliva. That's what an ENT told me. Yeah,
0: yeah. So that's but that's related to the reflux. I suspect the amount, what the most that it's so visible that more related to irritation up there. Yeah. All right. I suspect. And
1: it's not crazy for the silent reflux to last several months, from what
0: I've read. Mean after you start treatment. Um, or to be because it can be all the time silent reflex
1: right? yeah yeah i guess it's after i start treatment but it's been like three months now i'm starting to feel better better with the diet and everything yeah but and it's taken time
0: yeah the, i think the anxiety is making things worse and the vocal cord spasms they're telling you about is worse and, and then um it takes a while for this stuff to sell you may you may have some some people have sort of retropulsion the the, the esophagus pushes in the wrong direction oh jesus and that sort of it's just it's something that some people just have okay so maybe it's not big no big deal i mean do you ever stuff come in your mouth in the morning or anything not really a little bit like
1: i have like a weird taste whatever but it's mostly the post nasal drip and then when i'm swallowing i have that cobblestone throat they show when they do the scope it's all cobblestone and then food gets stuck in there like especially oatmeal or rice and I have to kind of go like and get it back up and oh that's lovely down it's a bummer Your yeah it affects so, so
0: sexy oh my wife must
1: f- love this she hates me I mean it's a whole <laughs> situation over there but oh uh, but then I'm obsessive too so I obsess over it and that makes more anxiety and then anxiety. yeah anxiety
0: obsessive- compulsive disorder overlap a lot
1: yeah I have both of those yeah, I do, I do too maybe yeah. maybe not as
0: bad as you it's
1: very but, frustrating but it
0: can be an asset too right I mean it also makes you very conscientious and very thorough and very on top of things and
1: that's true I'm always very early and I Think yeah. i'm a thoughtful guy but yeah. i'm and my therapist now tells me he's like you should get um xanax for if you're having a panic attack, panic attack and maybe get on a zoloft or something but i'm so afraid to get back on because i used to be on paxil and then i had this feeling that i'm regressing in life and in, in my did, mental did paxil health.
0: body with side effects or anything
1: no well, i could it took a lot to come to going back
0: to the last yeah caller. i was gonna say that's, that's the main thing with these medicine it, it will decrease your libido it can affect any phase of your sexual response right system.
1: But I just don't want to be a stat that's on these medications. And he was like, well, you just just take it for a little while because you're going through a traumatic phase. And he's like, it doesn't undo everything you've come emotionally with right. therapy and stuff. Right, But it feels like
0: this failure. And then he says you're hypocritical. But blah, I blah. get that. I get that. And and what is the traumatic phase you're going through? Well, this... <laughs> the esophagus it, thing? It sounds silly, but it's a
1: reflux. But I got... It's, I'm quitting every food I ever like. So, I'm, I'm completely changing my diet, which is a dramatic change. Yeah. And then I get this, f- now that I'm seeing a doctor, I have a proper diagnosis. And I feel like I'm getting a little bit better. I'm settling down. But for a while, I was just losing my mind. Because when you don't have a proper... What did you? What were the symptoms you were having? Well, it was... Other than uh, the white spots on the roof of your mouth. The white spots, the reflux my throat, it was hard to swallow. And then the breathing thing was the main thing that was the scariest. But... This is an interesting thing about the American medical system. He was like, you have paradoxical vocal, it's closing. And I go, well, what, what do I do? And he goes, there's a speech and breathing therapist in this office. She's the best. He's like, one session with her, you'll be much better. Two at the most, you'll be, it's nothing. You'll be completely So I go, great, bring her in. He's like, no, you got to make an appointment. So I go to make an appointment. And like, she's not available. Oh, she's true. six Three weeks <laughs> out. So it's like six weeks uh. of having this Thing so can you help me with my paradoxical vocal? Did, oh, behavior? you haven't gone
0: yet. No, it's June eighteenth. I go. Oh, I don't know what the exercises are, but I know they can't correct all this stuff pretty easily. Well,
1: I think it's bree- some kind of belly breathing yeah, and all this yeah. stuff,
0: and I feel like I've,
1: all, I've been breathing wrong my whole life because mm. I get excited and I talk and I never breathe out of my diaphragm. This or will help you for comedy. I think it will. I think it'll help everything. So, do you guys want to have kids? No, I don't think so. I'm she's older. She's forty one, and we're trying to make it in comedy. So and uh, currently I'm doing I'm working a little more, doing making a little more money. So one of us is gonna have to sacrifice right. So it would right. be her like it would be like, all right, well you're out of and she doesn't want to do that, comedy right. now. No. Yeah. Um so and uh it's also finance. it's it's the anxiety is so much to the financial anxiety. I I, I hang out with kids, I was just hanging out with my nephew and niece all weekend. They get near the water, I freak out. They're on the swing set. I'm losing my mind. It's brutal. I don't know how you
0: do it. Do you... I was that way with my kids. I was bad.
1: Yeah. And then you, then they grow up to be like me. And then they're a mess and I feel like an asshole. Right. Because I got a bunch of nervous idiots running around afraid of
0: reflux. And when you... We were talking about your family of origin. Do you, do you think that, that some of this is just genetic? The anxiety? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, well, my therapist thinks learned behavior. Does that sound right? Well, it could be learned behavior, but it could also be genetics, right? I mean, you're all from the same gene pool and... You're sharing this biology. Yeah, it's supposed to. Now, my therapist had a theory. It sounds like you disagree that
1: there's only a few things that are actually um, genetical. What's that word? Oh, that's so clearly Gene- untrue. There's like a, he said, like um, like uh, what's the thing I'm thinking of? When
0: schizophrenia and uh, bi, well, not biracial. Bi- what's bipolar. The thing? Bipolar. Yeah. Bipolar is very familiar. Schizophrenia, not so much. Um, but 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 I, OCD and anxiety for sure. For really? Sure. Oh yeah at least the traits, they, they can, they, you know. But that's what, not learned? Well, amplifying it is learned. You know, I mean, oh. the, the traits are clearly sort of a certain brain. Interesting. Uh, but if you're, say your mom was digging into it all the time and was really overtaken by anxiety, then you're going to learn that on top of whatever predilection you have genetically.
1: Yeah, I think she is. She's, yeah. she, we We sort of relate through anxiety and uh, panic attacks. Catastrophizing, and yeah. catastrophe. Yeah,
0: that thing, worried about everybody and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's all taking that biology and massaging it and making it big. Right. I think yeah. there's
1: also a lot because my family uh, and even my friends back home, I don't know this is a regional thing, there's a lot of a lot of the communication is kind of gossip and shitting on the person that just left, which I learned is like, i, I I've, everyone hates me. As soon as I leave, everyone's like, what a piece of shit that guy was. So I think that's a, con- you
0: assume that's the conversation. Of
1: course. Having. Cause that's the conversation we're having right now as soon as you know aunt you know whoever oh, susan leaves we're I like see. what a piece of shit well, maybe you should stop that yeah that's what i'm trying uh, to do it's a but s- it's fun spiritual program yeah so uh um, living a certain kind of life yeah yeah like i mean i try to do that but in my family it, that's how you kind of relate what's your comedy centered on now
0: what, my what now what your comedy what are you, what are you finding what are it's you...
1: a lot of uh, a lot about anxiety and relationship stuff a lot of sex stuff and then a lot of just stories right now after yeah. a while in comedy you just run out of introspective stuff like I did all my anxieties and now I'm just like oh this happened the other day it's crazy so I feel like I'm regressing to be honest I might start doing rat shit, fat shit
0: again <laughs> but uh, I might bring that back dust it off but maybe you're getting better I, I hope so yeah because you're not talking about the anxiety anymore you're just talking about life Maybe that's a good point. I I hope I'm going to take that. No, the reflex is under control. Any other medical problems?
1: Um, What else do I have? I mean, I'm always afraid of something but i feel like with my diet now i can finally start to be better i'm eating vegetables and fruit which i never did i ever. mean do you
0: check your you you're getting how old are you again now 37. yeah you're still too young but just turned 30. yeah you know, as you get you your 40s and stuff you start worrying, looking at the cholesterol and all this stuff and yeah
1: i think last i heard my blood pressure is okay and i feel like my cholesterol's probably dropped because i stopped
0: eating yeah for sure food and stuff. Uh, i'm just looking for some other questions here oh we got some voicemails for you. oh here, let's uh, do some right? more voicemails yeah, we got a whole bunch all right here we go Hey, Dr. Drew. Uh, my name's Matt. Recently, I have lost uh, 90 pounds mm-hmm. in about four months. And some days I wake up looking in the mirror and I see a mirror image of how I was when I began. And I was curious if there is such a thing as phantom fat. Oh, that's in really interesting. the same way that... Someone has yeah. maybe like a phantom limb. Yeah, no, that's a fascinating Thank question. You. Yeah, I, I like the way he, he formulated that, but it's not phantom fat. It's it's body dysmorphia, right? It is you you can see yourself, you're thin, and you still see fat. Right. That's, that's always, body dysmorphia. That's fascinating to me. Isn't that interesting? The original body dysmorphia was actually of, on the face. Mm. That uh, and then it be, it be then people started associating with eating disorders and things, but dental were worrying about you know tiny little things on our skin and stuff that's all body dysmorphia
1: see i think i see my teeth and i want to kill myself but then i think they actually are bad like i see photos and i'm like yeah yeah they're crooked like i bite into a cookie and i see the bite mark and I'm like, yeah
0: yeah there's not you can straighten them if you want
1: yeah it's a whole thing it's okay, very expensive well, and i heard it's kind of painful so
0: well, I'll, that's i'll get to that all right next voice message hi dr drew um my name is zach i'm a big fan of the show love you guys I had a question. Basically, since I was in the third grade, I started shoving sharp objects underneath my nail beds. Um, It kind of hurts, but kind of feels good. It's almost like I'm scratching an itch under there. Mm. And um, I've been doing it ever since then. I do it with receipts and pillowcases and all kinds of stuff. And it kind of like pushes my nail bed back so that I have this little indent in there but I it feels like some type of OCD I don't know what it is yeah um, could you give me some type of insight I, I think I think oh, he, so. he's really talk, not, not talking about the nail bit here right is he talking about this I think underneath the, the nail, nail yeah like. Like a, and like... I do know people that get self-soothing by running things under the nail there it's very unusual i, I I've heard of it before I, I don't know that it's anything it has kind of an OCD quality to it but it's it's a soothing thing that some some developmental window you found when you were a kid and it worked for you and you kept doing it i i you know obviously I, he shouldn't be shoving you know nails under there yeah pins. i think the viet Cong did that to POWs. right so. i believe that was the called a torture mm-hmm. uh, but but again people i've known people that will do take corners of uh cardboard stuff and run right run. right it's a very kind of interesting con- not yeah uncommon. i have a lot of
1: ocd things but yeah not, that's not one of them what else you got i like to do this with paper i'll flip the, I'll do this that's thing. Nice. like that's um, cool. Yeah, that's very uh I'm, at me, I'm
0: picking up my cuticle.
1: Yeah, I'll that's do a lot of stuff like that. I also started doing a thing a long time ago where I would say, you know, like the, when you use knock on wood, like if like, oh, it's been a great day. For some reason, I was driving once and I like knocked on my head because it's an old bit, like knock on wood. And then I would be like, oh, wood, like an erection, Woody, when you were a kid. So I would do that. And then I would knock on the dashboard just to, so now I still do all three. I tap all three in the car quite a bit. And, and what are you fearful will happen if you don't? Uh, that whatever I was just talking about will happen. Will happen. And you can't get that thought out of your head. No, I can't do it. I have a lot of stuff like that. Rich rituals. Yeah. Or like I'm still walking and I'll see like a, a crack and I'm like, I got to step right on that crack or that piece of whatever. It's spot. so. Uh,
0: um, I got some of that stuff too and it's so <laughs> unpleasant yeah it's, it stinks th- yeah I'm, but, a,
1: I'm a head case it's terrible and then it all builds into uh, you know panic attack or something. but
0: you can use it for your, your comedy
1: yeah it's not bad uh, next one Hi, Dr. Drew, Uh, long-time fan. I'm calling uh, because of a penis sensitivity issue. Mm. Um, I think I might be addicted to masturbation. I masturbate any time between two and five times a day, and I'm noticing the sensitivity of my penis varies. A lot of the time it
0: feels almost numb, and I'm wondering what's causing that. Am I just using it too much? Yes. Um, Yes, Anytime you are. Anytime I have any kind of sexual encounter with my wife, it's it's perfectly fine, and there's the sensitivity is there, and it feels great. But uh, when I when I masturbate, there's you know different varying uh, sensations, and and there's almost a numb feeling. What could be causing that? Am I just using my penis too much? Yes. Uh, you know, thanks. Big fan. Hope to hear back about this. Okay, masturbate less. And it will go away. Yeah, that seems like an excessive amount of I masturbation. Mean, the, the only other thing that can do that is um, actually sitting on bike seats for prolonged periods of time. I've heard that. As a pudendal nerve that heads out towards the penis and you can kind of crush it and cause a little numbness and weird feelings. Um, that's the only thing I know. Uh, uh, but, you're, the, but with the activity you're maintaining, uh, plenty of reason to have peculiar and uh, shifting sensitivities knock it down to i know it's a radical idea you're also having sex with your wife remember? i know that's what's weird yeah. he is getting laid yes i just assume
1: right. he never had sex right let's knock it down to once a day how about that let's see what happens and i can i recommend this bring some of your sexual fantasies in with your wife so you right. can you can uh, manifest not manifest but uh parlay
0: them i'm not yes. good with words parlay. get them in there parlay yeah get them in there <laughs> get parlayed and, and um, if you cannot knock it down then you may need to get treatment for sex addiction or i'm assuming porn is your biggest problem that's usually where that is coming from literally and uh (laughs) you might have to look into that it's it's, i know it sounds trivial just knock it down once a day and if you cannot that's a behavioral addiction that's something you need to get to deal with what what are the other sort of sexual issues that come out in your comedy uh well not issues too much i mean i mean comedic sexuality is a source for comedy Well,
1: I have a lot of stories that happen, you know, via sex, like I'm trying to talk dirty with my wife, but it's hard to get, not to just do a bit in the show, but it's hard to get too dirty when you're married because you have to segue back into the regular life. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like a one night stand, you can be like, step on my balls and choke me. Never see that person again. Yeah, exactly. But and if i do that at home i gotta 10 minutes later i'm like do you want to do the dishes and i'll vacuum yeah. or vice versa it's too so, hard
0: to hard to transition yeah so that's kind of tricky it, it also makes me think how does she not step on your balls apparently your balls are they're very long sometimes she's way. definitely lays on them sometimes sometimes oh. the
1: other day we were at a hotel where the bed was like flush against the wall and she was stepping over me um, and i was terrified oh and i was like i just cover my she's like i'm not gonna step on your balls and i was like first of all i would
0: love it if you did in different <laughs> circumstances
1: but also, well, not on purpose. You could slip,
0: and yeah. next thing well, you know... By the way, this is the source of your anxiety disorder. Forget all the psychotherapy you're doing. I'm afraid of my balls. You're just them. having to protect them all the time. They're, they're they're a nuisance. Well, I do feel that way all the time. I'm yeah. always afraid that I'm going to get... Whacked. Hit. or get, get yeah. Right.
1: I mean, they're so um, available. So there's a, there's a lot of that, and... Uh, I can't, Now I can't even remember any of my bits. Like oh, the other day my wife and I were having sex and she coughed and it ejected my penis out of oh, her yeah.
0: body. Is that, that a normal sure, thing? That happens. <laughs> that was fascinating to me. <laughs> it was like a magic trick. Is she... Let me ask some questions if you don't mind. Please. Is she somebody that can orgasm with intercourse?
1: She she, she needs clitoral stimulation. Like oral stimulation. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I mean, I've never
0: seen Cause, her. Because some women, they, when they can have... Orgasm with intercourse—they have particularly strong uh, vaginal muscles. Oh no, she's yeah. loose as a goose,
1: and no, No, I'm kidding, uh, but no, she needs uh, clit stimulation, yeah, the,
0: which is which is common, which is most women need.
1: That. That's what I from what I understand, yeah. yeah. Which no one ever told me that. I know there should be that should be in sex ed, is because for years I was having sex and just leaving sex, a, as long leaving as I a could. Bee. yeah, and it was like. No one ever was like, "Hey," and I think women at a lot of times are embarrassed to start masturbating. Right, and then, if they're with,
0: and not only that, there there's a certain percentage of women that have orgasms very easily with intercourse, and the other, the rest of them feel flawed or something. Right. against that, like, What's, why, why can't I do that? It's like that's it's different biology. It's right, different. right. Do you know anything about tinnitus? Because I have
1: that, too. Is that anxiety or just sometimes that happens? Because I went to an ENT and they were like, "Yeah, we don't know, it's whatever.
0: Yeah, tinnitus is one of these things that if it's not neurological and it's not structural, you don't mean wrong with the ear, it's, it can be anxiety, it can be like, we don't know. Um and but I'm suspicious it could be related to your reflux, given the and your sinus stuff. Given so much of it is way up high in your well,
1: it was happening system. way before I had all this. But that could have been it could have just been going a bit on. Starting is realize. it one side
0: more than the other or both sides?
1: Nah, it's both sides, but it's not horrific. It's only bad at at night or from a like, does in the it desert? Or does it trigger panic? When no, you, it did start, for a while. I was super when anxious, you start but focusing on it. Would it make you? Panic? Yeah, that then and then if I have really bad anxiety. But my, what's amazing? This is why that healing back pain book is so mind-blowing to me is that throughout all of my life i've always had something physical that i'm dealing with Mm -hmm. i had pins and needles in my arms for a long time i've had chest pains many different times for a while i'd break out in hives i took like a antihistamine like every three days for like six months because i'd get all (laughs) hivy. and then i've had like migraines i've had uh tinnitus all the time um all kinds of stuff like that back pain a lot lots of stuff it's always manifesting i'm a real mess though. was it
0: was it reduced when you were drinking uh um, at least while drinking while drinking yeah, yeah. and then yeah. it would start i would just drink right right through all that stuff i, I think but. some uh, part of the genetics of alcoholism is an anxiety thing too and, and and not just an anxiety thing, but also an intolerance of anxiety yeah well that's the thing i mean like i realize that because i'll Talk to other sober people, and uh, sometimes they're all talking about everyone there is talking about anxiety. They have a lot of anxiety. Stress, so, oh and, and for alcohol, you're you're not this, which is kind of interesting. Most alcoholics, the anxiety leads to depression, right? Like it, like it makes them depressed. Like they always say they have trouble distinguishing between anxiety and depression, right? What you're describing is more OCD anxiety pure pure and simple yeah and if you're depressed the anxiety gets worse
1: right well that's yeah. what i had like a couple weeks ago i mean i was really in bad shape like a couple weeks ago because i was dealing with this reflux and i couldn't get an answer and no. i thought i was and so that led me to depression where i was just and then your
0: anxiety gets worse
1: yes exactly yeah. everything i was doing was just to get through it yeah um but i'm feeling i'm kind of taking a corner now but i always feel like I enjoy life. I'm not depressed. That's what gives me so much anxiety. I'm so afraid it's going to end. I'm going to die. Lose it. Good Exactly. For you.
0: Good. I'm glad you're enjoying life. So I, life is very enjoyable. I you're like going to you are gonna be fine. I hope so. You're a young, healthy man. Thank you. I appreciate Reflexes it. Reflux isn't shit. Don't worry about it. All right. So I'm, I'm just keep everything, not eating those things. Everything you described was anxiety related, but it leads to esophageal cancer, is from what I understand. Oh, so. I mean, uh, if you were smoking and drinking and had reflux. For a couple decades, Right. absolutely. Right. But you drank for a short period of time. You're taking care of your reflux. If there's no Barrett's there and everything's cool, don't don't worry about it. All right. Cancer. Great. All right. All right. I appreciate that.
1: Fixed. <laughs>
0: Thank you. I All feel right. Great. Man. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Thank I'll you. Feel, this will last about six hours, and then I'll come up with something it, to worry it. about. Text me
0: again. All right. I Joe, thank you for coming. I really do appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate well, where it are you right? come, where's coming up? What's coming up?
1: Uh, oh, geez. I'm on the spot now. Um, uh, Providence Comedy Connection, June 27, 28, 29, and uh, Gotham Comedy Club in New York, July 12th and
0: 13th. Oh, that's fine. Down there on 22nd Street? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I can't wait. Well, they've moved it now. Now oh. it's, uh, it's on 23rd Street. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, it's on 23rd between 7th and 8th. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you and we'll see you all next time.